Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, good morning. Yes, we are going to talk about ancient words. But you know what? These ancient words are as fresh as if it had been written this morning. They're timeless. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much that we can come today and celebrate your words. Lord, the words that you gave to us. And God, I just ask that just as the songs, the words spoke, that our hearts would be open and that we would be prepared to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you have been keeping track, we are in week four of 40 Days in the Word. It's six weeks long, so we have two more weeks. But we're in week four, and and there's three things that we have been committing to each one of these weeks. And that was that we were going to love the Word, we were going to learn the Word, and we were going to live the Word. You know, those are easy words to say, but sometimes they're harder to live out. Let me say this. It's really not about how much you get into God's word. It's how much God's word gets into you. You know, we can spend time, we can spend hours in God's word, but yet if it doesn't change us, I hate to say it, but it may have been a waste of time. But it's when those words, those ancient words, the words from the creator of this earth, grab a hold of our hearts, that something happens. And so today, that is my challenge to all of us, is that we won't walk out of here, we won't let the next couple of weeks go by that we do not allow these words to become part of our lives, become part of who we are, become part of the very actions that we take out. So each week I have been introducing to you a different um, skill all right, and this week the skill of biblical meditation is paraphrase it. All right, so week four, here we are, and we're going to talk about the topic of paraphrasing God's word. But before I do that, what I want to do is I want to share with you. Has anybody besides me had a difficult time? I mean, I want to spend time in God's word. I set time aside, but sometimes life happens and I have a hard time actually having a quiet time with God. Okay, so good. There's two of us here. No, there's a couple more of us that have struggled with this. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you four problems when it comes to having a quiet time. And the first problem is this, it's the problem of discipline. Now, um, it, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but out of all the strengths that we can um, have, if, 
if we were to test 300,000 people, the strength that would be the least evident in a vast majority of those 300,000 people is that of discipline or self-discipline. You know, it's easy um, before you go to bed to say, I'm going to do this tomorrow. It's a whole different story when tomorrow comes. And so let me uh, talk to you about a, a few things. First of all, here's some hints to help you with your discipline or the lack thereof. Number one, go to bed on time. Now, maybe last night it didn't matter because at some point in the middle of the night, the clocks changed. All right, I have a clock that projects up onto the ceiling, and I looked up at one point, and it was 1.11, and I dozed back off to sleep, and I looked up again, and it was 12.45. The thief had arrived. He took the hour. Well, um, that's only one night a year, all right? There's another night that they're going to get that back. Um, And so what I would encourage you is sometimes you just have to discipline yourself to go to bed a little bit earlier, especially if you're going to have a quiet time in the morning. Another thing that you have to do, and that is, is if you want to have a, a successful quiet time in the morning, you have to get up immediately. When your eyes open up, your feet should be hitting the floor. If that doesn't, you get introduced to the snooze button. And I know the snooze button is designed to be 8 minutes or 12 minutes or maybe 15 minutes. But when mine goes off, sometimes it lasts for an hour and a half. I don't know if I have a special clock or if I'm just special. But uh, if you want to be successful in overcoming the lack of discipline when it comes to having a quiet time, uh, get up immediately. Another thing that you need to be aware of is you need to be aware of the robbers, the time robbers that are in our lives. Uh, They look like this, the TV. Have you ever sat down at the TV thinking, I'm just going to watch one more episode, and then all of a sudden it's 1 o'clock in the morning? And that changes everything when it comes 6 o'clock in the morning. Maybe it's not the TV, maybe it's the internet, and you fell into one of the rabbit holes, and it just sucked you in, and then all of a sudden you look up, and you know why rabbits, or I'm sorry, zebras have stripes. Like, you did not, you, nobody goes onto Google to find out why zebra has stripes, but somehow, um, after two hours, you always get back to that page. Maybe it's not the TV, maybe it's not the internet, maybe it's anxiety, where you lay your head down and and right before you laid your head down you could barely keep your eyes open but then as soon as your head hits the pillow you can't close them your mind starts running and you start playing over conversations you start playing over scenarios that are going to happen in your life about people that that different relationships and then that that the enemy called anxiety takes over And you don't even remember when you fall asleep, but it's probably two or three in the morning. It'll hurt us if we're trying to have a quality, quiet time. And here's what I would tell you. If you find that anxiety is one of those things that you struggle with, go to bed with Scripture on your mind. Folks, it is 2019. Did I surprise anybody? It's 2019, and technology is our friend. So last night, I opened my eyes. It was 1 o'clock. I closed them. I opened them back up. It's 12.45. So I got up and went to the bathroom. And then when I was finished, I go back in, and I knew I was going to have a hard time getting back to sleep. And so I opened up um, YouVersion, 
and I opened it up to uh, Psalm 19 because I know that it takes 15 minutes to read through Psalm 19. And I hit play. And then I listened to Psalm 119. Matter of fact, it, not only did it get to Psalm 119, but it got all the way to Psalm 127. And I remember one verse that said this, that it, David, the psalmist, was asking God to give him rest. And so I turned those words into a prayer, and I just asked God, give me rest. Allow, me, allow my mind to shut off. Allow me to stop worrying about what I'm worrying about, and you'll find out what that is very soon. And allow me to go to sleep. Next thing I know, it's... 5.30 in the morning. But I said it didn't feel like 5.30 in the morning. It felt like 6.30. But all the clocks in my house had magically adjusted and it was 5.30. So maybe it's not the problem of discipline that you have. Maybe you have a problem of dry spells. And let me just share this with you. This is a hard one for us to accept maybe. But here's the reality that more often than not, if you are going through a dry spell where you're having a hard time getting into God's word and getting anything out of God's word, it is probably because there's some disobedience in your life. Now, folks, this isn't something new. Um, it made me think as I was uh, preparing for this, think of a song that was uh, released in 1988 by the theologian Bon Jovi. And the name of the song was Living in Sin. And so let me share with you some of the lyrics to Living in Sin. It says, I don't need no... Now, folks, if you're an English major, forgive me. All right? I didn't write this. I'm just reading it. Okay? But here were the words. I don't need no license to sign on no line. All right? Forget about the double negative. Just go with us. And I don't need no preacher... To tell me you're mine, I don't need no diamonds, I don't need no new bride, I just need you, baby, to look me in the eye. I know they have a hard time and your daddy don't approve, but I don't need you, daddy, telling us what we should do. Now, I get it that that was written in 1988, but folks, I'm telling you, you could go back to the Garden of Eden when Genesis 3 occurred, and those are the very same words that Satan said to Adam and Eve. And maybe if, if Satan would have been a musician, which I think we know that he was, maybe he would have written a song much like this. And maybe he would have said this, I don't need no fruit tree to be held from me. And I don't need no creator telling me what I can do. Folks, it wasn't just in Genesis chapter 3. It wasn't just in 1988, in 2019. It's the same thing, just a different sin. You know, in the, mid, in the middle 80s, you know, uh, folks didn't live together until they got married. And, and if you did, you were shunned and you were looked down upon. They called that living in sin. But the reality is, folks, that is not the only definition of living in sin. Many of us go through the week every day living in sin. And the words are different for us, but we're singing them. We're singing them to ourselves. We're singing them to our God. We're singing them to our spouse. We're singing them to our coworkers. And if you want to overcome the dry spell that happens... You need to overcome your disobedience. 
Not only do you need to overcome disobedience to get out of a dry spell, but you need to think about your physical condition when you're trying to do your quiet time. If you are tired, your quiet time becomes sleep. Matter of fact, some of you have realized that, you know what, this is a good tranquilizer. Open up the God's word and next thing you know, like you are getting it by osmosis because your head's planted inside the Bible. But what happens is that osmosis doesn't occur and we struggle. Maybe it's our blood sugar. If your blood sugar is off and you're trying to uh, read God's word and get something out of it, you're going to struggle. Some of you need a cup of coffee before you have your quiet time. The same group probably needs a cup of coffee before you talk to anybody. (laughs) Especially the person sleeping on the other side of the bed. Another problem with dry dry spells is this, that a lot of times we try too hard. We try too much. Now you've heard me say that maybe you should study a book or a chapter or a verse. And and I just want to encourage some of you that you are... Um, reading God's word and you're reading so much of it or you're reading it so fast that you're not getting anything. And I would encourage you is to slow yourself down and just latch on to a verse if that's what it takes. Because it's not about how much you get into God's word. It's about how much God's word gets into you. See, that's the test. Well, if it's not the trying to do too much, maybe you find yourself in a rut. And you know they say the only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth of it. Uh, I've heard that there's signs as you leave um, Oregon and on your way, or I'm sorry, Washington, on your way up to Alaska, and, and there's a, a certain road that, that, that you can take there, and there's signs along it that says, choose your rut wisely because you're going to be in it for a long time. And I would tell you this, that if you are trying to have a quiet time with the Lord, choose your rut wisely. Because that rut could soon be a grave if you're not too careful. Well, if it's not that, here is is a solution that I would encourage you to embrace. If you want to have a, a more energetic and find yourself going to God's word, expecting something, here's what you should start doing. Sharing your thoughts with other people. When God reveals something to you, share that with somebody else. What you'll find out is that it was probably something that they needed to hear. And when you see that God gave you something that they needed and he used you to help them, that will encourage you to, the next time God shows you something, to share it again. And then all of a sudden, you will find that you spend your time going through life sharing what God is giving to you. Because, folks, God has blessed us not to bless us, but for us to be a blessing. Folks, that's not just checks, that's not just dollars, that's just not gold or silver. It's the very words that God has put into this book. He's blessed you. He's blessed you with knowledge. He's blessed you with a testimony. He's blessed you with experience so that you could go to and bless others. I don't know if you remember this, but I shared with you at the, on the first week that if all you did was just listen to me, you're going to retain 10% of what I've shared with you. But if you'll write it down, you're going to retain 50%. But if you will live it, if you will engage it, if you will share it with somebody else, you'll find out that you'll retain 80% of what God has spoken to you. 
And so that's a very good reason for us to share our insights. Well, maybe it's not the problem of dry spells. Maybe you're experiencing the problem of distraction. Has anyone ever uh, chased a rabbit or two when you're uh, trying to study God's word? Yeah. Well, one of the ways that you can help yourself is drink Mountain Dew. Amen? <laughs> All right. If you're against Mountain Dew, it's okay. Um, but here's what I would encourage you is make sure that you're awake. How can you do this? Well, when you read God's word, read it aloud. Trust me, it's okay. It's not illegal. Um, actually, read God's word out loud, and you'll find out that you won't daydream when you're doing that. So um, read or pray aloud, or do this, walk while praying. Do you know that there's three different ways that most of us learn? We have different learning styles. Uh, one way that we learn is visual. So when you see these slides up there, this is helping you. Others of you, you are an audio learner where you hear. When you hear things, you just see things in your mind that, that's different than other people. And then there's a third way, and it's called a tactile. And those are the people who like to touch things. Those are the people who like to build things, and they learn better by doing. And so I would tell you that when it comes to God's Word, that sometimes maybe you just need to be walking around while you're reading God's Word, moving, um, because you'll find out if you're a tactile learner that you will start to, matter of fact, you'll be driving down the road three days later and you'll remember where you were at in your house when you were walking, reading God's word. It's that powerful. And then the last thing I would tell you is if you want to overcome your distractions is um, keep a notebook handy. Why would you keep a notebook handy? That's right, you want to write it down because if all you did was listen to it 10%. If you write it down, how much are you going to retain? 50. 50%. I like those odds, don't you? Yeah, especially when it's coming from God himself. And the last uh, problem that I want to share with you is this, the problem of discouragement. Folks, this is reality. And here's what I would tell you is, if you are discouraged in your quiet time, matter of fact, this is funny. I thought it was funny. Um, it was kind of discouraging. But here's what happened. We are, we're doing a small group. And um, the very first week that we uh, came back together, we were supposed to do a day one, a day two, a day three, a day four, a day five, a day, all through day seven. Guess what happened with the guy leading the small group? Guess what he didn't do? He didn't do day one. He didn't do day two. He didn't do three, four, five, six, or seven. And you know what he thought? He thought... I've still got four hours before they get here. I'm going to rush through it so that they'll think I did this. I'm not saying who this person is, but they confessed to me. And, and they ultimately confessed to their small group. And guess what they found out? They weren't the only person. I'm not going to say how many or who, but that, the, he wasn't the only person who made that same mistake. Now, how, how do we overcome that? Well, one of the ways we can do it is to make a covenant with God. Uh, there's someone here to, today who has been in church nine weeks in a row. Matter of fact, it was interesting because ten weeks ago I reached out to him and, and, and I challenged him. He said, man, I have a hard time waking up sometimes. And Chris, if, if you, on your way out today, you guys need to give Chris a high five. Wave your hand, Chris. Give Chris a high five. Because I made a covenant with him, say, hey, 12 weeks in a row, just 12 weeks, and here we are in week 10. That's awesome. That's incredible. And maybe you don't have somebody that will challenge you like that, but you know what you do? 
His name is Jesus. And maybe you can make a covenant with him. That you know what? God, just for the next two weeks, I'm going to get into your word every day. Because it's different when you make God a promise, isn't it? It's a whole lot different when we make someone else or make God a promise than when we make it to ourselves. Because it's easy to cheat on ourselves. Because a lot of times we don't think that much of ourselves. Well, another thing that you can do is you can put it into your schedule. Literally, in your calendar, put it down there when you're going to meet God. Because here's what you'll find out is whatever time you wrote down, God will meet you then. He's ready for that. But here's what we need to be thinking about as we look at this problem of discouragement. And that is you've got to be careful because the devil has a lot of excuses that he's going to bring to you. Matter of fact, you've probably heard the preachers preach about this, that there's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and they are going to bring you multiple different challenges. And you're going to find those. And what you have to do is you have to find a way and, and work through that. Because the devil does not want you to have a quality, quiet time. He just wants you not to have one. And that's all that happens. How can we do it? Well, if you use a, a physical Bible like this, leave your Bible open. Because every time you pass it during the day, you'll be thinking about, you know what, I'm going to be there tomorrow. Matter of fact, sometimes you may not wait until tomorrow. You say, oh, that was too good this morning. I'm doing it again. So leave your Bible open. That's one tool. And lastly, what I would tell you is that we just need to rely on God's power. Don't take this the wrong way, but too many of us try to do it in our own power. And more often than not, I think you'll find that you'll fail. It's hard. So here we are, week four, in the paraphrase it method of Bible meditation. All right. So here has been my anxiety uh, for today. And that is, um, I have memorized the, uh, James chapter 1. And so what I want to do is I want to uh, quote that back to you. Now, I know what you're going to say is those words are going to be up on the back, back screen, but I'm going to take my glasses off, and I, will not, I can't see what, what, what's up there. And so I may need your help at a couple of points along this way, but what I'm going to try to do is um, uh, to, to read James chapter 1, um, all the verses, uh, quote this back to you, and I'll be quoting the King James Version because that's the one I memorized. They're, they're all special, but this is the one I memorized. So, um, so tr try to follow along. The words are going to be up there. Uh, so here it is, James uh, chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Give me some words here. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth 
so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. One person. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord hath promised them that love him. All right, help me again. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted, neither tempteth he any man. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. I'm way off on this one. But every man is drawn away of his own lust. I'm sorry. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, for every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Wherefore, my beloved, of his own will begat he us through the truth, by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. But be ye doers of the word. Uh, help me out. Oh, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye uh, but be ye doers of the, I know this. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer, this man's religion, no, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If there is any among you that seem to be religious, is that right? If there is any among you that seem to be religious, but deceiveth his own heart, and bridleth not his tongue, deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, why do I do that? I'll tell you why. Yeah. So next week, I'm going to be preaching on memorization and how to memorize the Bible. And you know, in, in each week, we've come up here and we've asked you to memorize how many verses? One. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you. You guys didn't play along very well. All right. I felt like I had put Jacob out there, the lamb before the slaughter. And, and so I wanted to change things up this week. And I wanted to challenge you, church. That if your pastor can memorize one chapter, you can memorize one verse. Matter of fact, um, it, let me just tell you about the paraphrase it method. A couple, here's how you use the paraphrase it method. Number one is you read it over and over. I, I'm telling you, James chapter one, I have read 
a couple hundred times this week. I've probably done it 25 times this morning. And you know what? It's different doing it up here than it was walking around my house. It's different doing it up here than it was last night. But I kept reading it over and over. And then you know what? Could you tell that I was thinking about what the Word said? You know, that's what you should do as well, is take God's Word and think about what it means. What's God saying to you? And then what you do is you take it and you put it into your own words. And then once you have that, you search your heart and you find out what are you supposed to do. And the easiest way is to reach out to your Heavenly Father and ask Him, God, what do you want me to do with this? Maybe He just wants you to hide it. And and at one point, there's going to be somebody that He brings across your path that needs to hear that. I don't know what your Heavenly Father does. So let me share with you just three quick points that I take out of James chapter 1 as I was hiding it in my heart this week. Number one, in verse 21, it says that, um, that we should um, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Why? Because it's able to save your souls. Folks, there is no more important decision that any of us can make, and that is that to accept what the word of God says. We get mixed up a lot of times as Christians or as religious people because we start thinking about all of the things that are going on in culture and we let those things take preeminence about what is the most important and that's the gospel. That's that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down and did what we couldn't do so that one day we could spend eternity with him. In verse 26 it says this, that uh, this man's religion is vain. But see, it gives some evidence. It says, if, if you seem to be religious and yet you bridle not your tongue, your religion is vain. I, I'm here to tell you that the way that I apply that is, it's not just about bridling our tongue. That was just one example. That was just a very good example because maybe this is one of the hardest things for us to bridle. But the reality is, there are a lot of things that there's many people who seem to be religious by coming to church, by carrying a Bible, by memorizing scripture, and yet their religion is vain because it's never reached their heart. It's never gotten inside. It's never planted so that one day it could bloom. And then verse 27, it said, pure religion is this, and undefiled before the Father, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction." Church, I am so proud of you. Our church in the last four weeks has put 10 beds in the homes of kids that needed them. Kids that were sleeping on cold, hard floors today or last night slept on a very comfortable bed with a nice comforter, their own pillow. You know, that is what true Christianity looks like is when we go out of our way to help those that cannot help themselves. And we need to be careful, church, that sometimes we don't look down our nose and say, well, you know what? I I would rather make the mistake of helping somebody out that took advantage of me than not helping somebody out that God sent into my path. And I'm the only Christian. I'm the only Bible that they're going to read that week. Church, I'm proud of you. And and what I would tell you is that um, 
those that are in a small group have been given a challenge. We call it the Micah 6-8 challenge. And each small group has taken on a community project. Uh, one group is pulling together uh, supplies for a group of teachers in one of the local schools. Another one has pulled their money together and they're buying another bed for another kid. Because our goal is to put 20 beds in the homes throughout the Centralia area. I would encourage you, if you haven't yet joined a small group, it's not too late. Find one. I think you'll find out that it'll be one of the best things that you've done all week. Because you'll, A, you'll get to know each other a little bit better, but then you'll also have an opportunity to help somebody else out. So church, I want to lead you in our memory verse this week for week four, and it's this. It's Psalm 119.11. And so here's how you memorize a verse. What you do is you say the reference, then you say the verse, and then you say the reference again, all right? And so the reference is Psalm 119.11. So would you repeat after me, Psalm 119.11. Psalm 119. Psalm 119.11. All right, repeat after me. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. I know it said you. Um, Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. Let's do it one more time. Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. Can you make those good words go away? Put anything up there. All right. Psalm 119.11. Say this with me. Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. Let me share with you just, uh, go back to that verse, and let me just break that verse down for you. Because for the last four weeks, I've given you a different biblical um, Bible study method. The first week, I, I talked about the pronouncement method. And so the way that we would use the pronouncement method is that we'd pick one word, and we'd reread it. So let's just start with the first one, I. See, we, when you read that verse, you're saying, it's all about me. It's easy for us to read the Bible and think about our neighbor. It's easy for us to read the Bible and think about our relatives. It's easy for us to read the Bible and think about somebody else. But what God wants us to do is to think about this guy right here. Now, if you were here in week two, I shared with you another method. It was called the picture it method. Now, look at that word hidden. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart. And so I want you to picture what that looks like to hide God's word in your heart. And I don't know about you all, but um, I had a couple of uh, heroes uh, growing up. One of them was the Incredible Hulk. Matter of fact, that's why this is green. So you don't want to make me angry. People don't like me when I'm angry. All right. No, I'm not going to turn into the Incredible Hulk, although I felt like that sometimes when I was young. But let me uh, tell you about my second favorite hero, and his name is Iron Man. And if you've seen Iron Man, if you look at his chest, there was a light there glowing. And what that was is that was an arc reactor, and that's what kept him alive. All right. Now, this is fake. Okay. 
All right. I, I know I just, some of you guys, Santa Claus is not real. You just found out. But um, so Iron Man had this arc reactor in his chest, and this is what kept him alive. And so when I read this verse and I picture it, I picture opening up my heart and putting God's word in there. And then just like that light, that's God's word shining. And that's, that's what gives me the ability to go through life. And then if I, if I use the third method of Bible study, I, I call, it was called probe it. We did that last week. And when we talk about probing it, we dig in. Where here's the words, the very end of it says, not sin against you. You know, that is a big deal. But here's what's the most interesting. If we take today's, paraphrase it, we change the words up a little bit. One of the things that I've taught them many times is there's a difference between performance and outcome goals. Now, let me just be very practical with you. Here's what an outcome goal looks like. When you step up onto a scale in the bathroom and those numbers stop, that number is an outcome goal. But see, there's some performance goals that you can do that you have 100% control over. Like, you can change what you eat, the nutrition you put into your body. You can change how much exercise you do. And the more you change that, the more times you step up on the scale and those numbers change. Or you could change, and, and like me, uh, last night at the chili cook-off, um, keep eating chili. And, and, and then when I was done eating chili, I soothed my tummy by eating three, not one, not two, three pieces of coconut cream pie. Folks, I think coconut cream pie might have been the manna that they talk about in the Old Testament. All right? I'm not sure about that. I don't know if you can find that in Scripture, but I think that it might be. And if I kept doing that, I step on the scale, which I did not do this morning. <laughs> it, it goes the other way. Well, let me show you this. Let me show you the performance goal in the outcome goal. See, the performance goal, you have absolute control over. The outcome goal, you don't. It's based on all of those performance goals that you've done. And the performance goal here is, I have hidden your word in my heart. Everybody raise your hand. See, everyone who just raised their hand can do that. You can hide God's word in your heart. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter where you're at in life. You have the ability to hide God's word in your heart. But see, here's the outcome of what happens when we hide God's word in our heart, that I might not sin against you. You know, and unfortunately, what, instead of hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin, what we do instead is we change what we wear. We change our Bible. We change all of these outward things so that people will look at us and they'll think that we're not sinning. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is we are sinning, but we've just hidden it very well. Do this with me. Close your eyes. And just listen to me. I shared with you two or four problems that many of us are impacted with. The first problem was the problem of discipline. Then there was a problem of dry spells. And there was the problem of distraction. And then there was a problem of discouragement. Here's what I'll tell you. I don't know where you're at. But I would, I would imagine that one of those problems is something that's very real in your life right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. One of those problems is one that's very real in your life right now. I don't have magic. I can't read minds. I don't know which one it is for you. 
but I'm confident that you do. And so what I would encourage you is in just a moment I'm going to pray, and when I'm done praying, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And then Gary and Sherry and Noel are going to sing. And as they sing, I would challenge you to think about the words of that song. And what are you doing with God's word? Are you hiding it in your heart? Or are you just hiding it? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would reach out and touch those. God, you have been speaking to them for the last 30 minutes. And now today, Lord, I ask that you would just give them the victory. Help them surrender. Help them, Lord, to draw close to you and to learn to hide your word in their heart. I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.